Do you want to talk about how you're feeling right now? Oh, so many questions. What does this mean? What do I do? <laughs> Go on! Tell them what you think! I liked it. I think your calculations may have been off. I think it's all right. I just have a lot of feelings. This pleases me. These are perfectly normal feelings. Do you even know what you sound like when you talk like that? Now, shall we begin? You see, what we're talking about here are bad movies that imitate other genres. It imitates them perfectly. When this thing chose Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, for the end of the world genre, it tried to digest it, absorb it, and in the process, shape its own cells to imitate them. For instance, this part right here, that's not a period piece. It's imitation. It's a bunch of mavericks gambling on cards and playing grab ass. We got to it before it had time to finish. Finish what? Turning into rat race. Don't you son of a bitch, you understand me? He's got a gun. Get back. Anyone interferes, I'll kill him. Nobody talk to me. Nobody gets in and out of this podcast. You guys think I'm crazy. Well, that's fine. Most of you don't know what's going on around here. Well, I'm damn sure some of you, some of you do. He's got most of the soundboard, your laptop, and he's kill, killed the rest of the microphones. Now, Nathan, go around to the grab baggins room door. Talk to him. Frodo? Get the table from the sound lab. Do you think that thing wanted to be a screwball comedy? No good movie ends with Smash Mouth playing All-Star. Nah, you don't understand. That movie wanted to be us. If that cell gets out, it could turn every movie on the face of the earth into nacho cheese, candy corn sugar dusted movies like Maverick, Rat Race, and The Frighteners, and it's not gonna stop! Okay, Jack. Come on, man. You don't want to hurt anybody. I'll kill you! <laughs> and gentlemen welcome back to the real feels podcast uh where we give you a different movie of a different genre uh, fortnightly. Fortnightly. fortnightly and tonight we have uh my arctic adventure custom tailored custom tailored <laughs> to oh my god this is it's like a golden goose laid an egg in my lap for <laughs> 1982's john carpenter's the thing they're, mm. they're trying to survive that's the adventure <laughs> let's get that bean footage bean footage pull it up U.S. number 31 calling McMurdo. Urgent. Come in. Over. Who is he? He's Norwegian. Seems like they were spending a lot of their time in a little place northeast of their camp, about five or six miles. How many in their party? We started with ten. There'd be eight others left. We ought to just burn these things. Can't burn the find of the century. That's going to win somebody the Nobel Prize. Somebody in this camp being what he appears to be. Right now, that may be one or two of us. By spring, it could be all of us. This thing doesn't want to show itself. It wants to hide inside an imitation. It'll fight if it has to. But it's vulnerable out in the open. If it takes us over, then it has no more enemies. Nobody left to kill it. And then it's one. 
So we've all seen this. Yeah. yeah. Do we all like this? The the last time I watched this film, there was, was a pause there. Why is there no, a no, pause? No, no, it was quite a while ago. <laughs> well, no, Nathan and Nathan's got a storied past with John Carpenter and uh, Big Trouble Little China, so I was mm. interested to see, you know, I w- what what was what was going on with you. I watched this movie before, only one other time, and I, I may not have like remembered enough of it, but thoroughly. Loved, enjoyed this oh, okay. film. Good, good, good. Uh, it this takes that that horror aspect that I don't really like, but makes it so twisted and weird and fun that, it, and it, it just it hits every little bell that is in my horror lineup of like, who done it? And <laughs> and they're getting picked off one by one, and you still don't know. It. And I'm like, yes, yes, ma, ma. <laughs> Uh, so this movie was panned mm. critically. It was torn apart by the uh, movie critics. It had a budget of, I think, $16 million yeah. and some change. It only made <clears throat> 19 uh, domestically. Uh, so it was considered to be a bomb for its time. But just like the last John Carpenter movie we did, Big Trouble in Little China, it now has this cult classic status where most people are aware of and seem to enjoy the thing and and i'm one of those people drew what do you think the cast the setting mm. the 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 special effects oh cast casting is good it's an interesting thing to kind of take a look at the history with the casting of the film where where before kurt russell actually was cast as mccready you had people like john voight who were up for mccready and even kevin klein was being thought for the role and I just, ah, I mean, I don't think that would work. Yeah, I don't. Or think Harrison that. Ford at one point. They Harrison, were, they're they're thinking two, about just like we Harrison talked about. Ford, Harrison Ford, maybe, maybe. They're so kind of interchangeable. I, I swear, a little, bit, a little bit. But I don't know. I, I think you had an, you had a weird kind of bout with like scheduling conflicts for different things for like special effects artists who were going to be hired, even directors who, you know, wrote two copies of the screenplay before Carpenter actually got the job. And, you know, one, the pre-chosen guy who didn't get the job, he wanted to make it a sci-fi horror comedy and the aliens didn't shapeshift. And the production studio was like, that was the greatest thing that we passed on ever. (laughs) Like this would have been Horrible. But 1982, something was in the water in 1982. With aliens. And well, just that whole era. And it came out the same weekend as Blade Runner. So it came two weeks after E.T., which is partly to blame as to why, like, critics and audiences are all like, we have this nice, sweet, homely little movie for family and friends. E.T., And then suddenly you're all like, oh, it's another alien movie. Oh, yeah, this is fuck violent. you too. <laughs> <laughs> this is violent. And then, right, like Blade Runner came out, and two movies from the same era, totally panned at the box office. Fifteen million dollar budget for the thing, mm-hmm. only grossed nineteen million. But why did they hate it? Why did they not like it? Because well, it was too violent. Well, and at the time, it was also viewed as a ripoff of Alien. Not Aliens that came out oh, in '86. Okay, which there are some parallels, but I think. There's not enough to to be able to fly that flight. Right. And also the original director for The Thing for Another World completely like discredits John Carpenter's The Thing. You also have the fact that and I'll say it here and now and luckily it's getting a little bit better, but it's a horror movie. Plain and simple. It's a horror movie. And And the Academy doesn't like really uh, handing uh, out 
it's it's uh, just rewards. And LA, it was either the LA Times or the New York Times uh, movie critic I saw it had reported that the only good thing about the movie or was that it played a good ad for J and B Scotch. Wow. Yeah. It's mm, it's so annoying. Also for the fact that so famed music, you know, icon Ennio Morricone. Okay, did the music for the film, Haunting. Classic. Great. The man won a Razzie Award, which is like the worst of the worst movie awards that you can get. For so the music? He, he won a Razzie Award for the music for The Thing. Now, when he recycled the music for Hateful Eight, oh, Academy Award winner for Best Original <laughs> Score. Get this man a job. So let's, let's just, you know, it's wow. retroactive. The Thing is an Academy Award winning film. Finally, and yeah. I'm that's where I'm gonna stand with it. Uh, this is the fourth any more corny scored movie we've done. We did Once Upon a Time in the West, The Untouchables, The Hateful Eight, and The Thing. Now, those this, are all home runs. This uh, is our yeah, Timmy, uh, fourth uh, Kurt Russell film mm-hmm. with <laughs> with uh, ex- Executive Decision, Big Trouble, Little China, Hateful Eight, Hateful Eight, and, and now thing. The Thing. This is the 40th anniversary of The Thing. And it's our, our final input into our uh, our Kurt Russell little little little, <laughs> little talent block that we that we managed to do. Yeah, but I'm glad that we were able to get these kind of so close because I mean mm. he's good. Dahmer Goo's got a hang. <laughs> and, and looking, we've so we've really got to pepper his career. So mm. early, late, and mid, you know, just some of that. Kind of mid stuff for who? For Kurt Russell. For Kurt Russell. For Kurt Russell. Okay. Yeah. You know, no. Yeah. Definitely hate, late with hate, hateful. You know, hateful yeah, yeah. early mm-hmm. stuff. And 1982. I think was it Escape from New York. Escape from was New like York had just happened in 1980. It came out in 1981, and then 1982, the thing was happening. Yeah. And then later on would come Big Trouble Little China. 1986, Big Trouble Little China. Uh, and there's even movies that he also other movies that he did during the 80s like my Overboard. mom used to my mom loved Overboard. Who doesn't Who love doesn't Overboard? Like, Overboard? So she would watch that movie with me and I'd like it's great. Goldie Hawn. Yeah, like, yes. it's, oh, yeah, it's, love it. it's one of those you're just like, oh shit, Overboard's on. <laughs> I guess <laughs> we'll watch it. I guess we'll watch We've it. got uh, Mr. Diabetes himself, Wilford Brimley, playing a standout <laughs> character actor role. Like his and and excuse my Wolford Brimley, uh, <laughs> diabetes, the diabetes. But uh, his acting, especially his like his his tirade when he's smashing up like the computers and and all that stuff. That's one of the best parts go, of the he movie. Goes out, like man. he's he's putting everything because he can't to the metal. He can't do anything like comical. You know what I mean? It it uh it has to be serious. Mm-hmm. When so when did he get infected? Okay, so this is man. We're we're just jumping into it. I was hoping that was going to come later, but all right, we can we can uh, we can test. Was that. he the shadow? No, he was no? not the shadow. No. Well, he, no, was, he was not patient zero. I will I will say that if there's anything to conclude that Wolford Brimley, um, God, what was his character's name? Blair. Um, not Bla- yeah, Blair, right? Blair. Doctor Blair. If, if there's any conclusion as to when Blair could have been infected, but not started to change it was when he was poking around the autopsy and he's jabbing at stuff with the pencil and as he's walking away he suddenly takes the pencil and he's all like now and he taps it to his mouth now that could have just been like an actor's call 
but that's the only thing that you can look at and go like, ah, 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 ah. you just said it can infect you with one cell, one cell. And now you're sitting here like, I don't know, guys. Like William, William Defoe with his gloves, he's like, <laughs> so he shoots them right here in the head. <laughs> William Defoe, you have gloves on with blood. Come on, it's so, like it's like the autopsy uh, scenes in like bad TV shows, or like he's like the burned out autopsy pathologist is just like got a sandwich right there, like <laughs> next to the body, because he was the only actor who wasn't squeamish. Because apparently Wilford Brimley, being a badass, is not going to be nauseous around this. So that's the only that's the only point in time that you could have seen any evidence in film where he could have been infected. Now, if it's a slower process because it's, I guess, not coming from a, a stage of like being ripped apart and then suddenly absorbing the DNA. Right. So when he's put into his isolation that's like a two day period. So he has 48 hours by himself, except for the time in which he is, you know, periodically being checked on and brought food. Now, before they decide to say everyone needs to eat canned food, he is brought one meal that could have been at a point that patient zero could have easily like gone slip blood, mix, 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 plop. And it could have been in, it could have been in the food there. Mm-hmm. Either way, it's a slower process for him because in the end, we know that if you're infected and it's going to rip out and, you know, uh, become a copy of you, your clothes are torn. His clothes are never torn the entire film. Well, that's that's a, a <laughs> well done, sir. Uh, we've also got uh, Keith David, who mm-hmm. uh, the older uh, the older generation would know from Platoon and uh, just a host of other amazing movies. They Live, another John Carpenter movie from uh, 1988. Uh, Uh, He's the voice of the president in mm -hmm. Rick and Morty. Kenneth Sanchez. Tales from the Hood. He's he's been in voice acting for almost 40 years. His first major role. This was his first major role in a film. Well, he kills Mm -hmm. it. He does so good. Yeah, and then, um, you know, he even has done voiceover for like you know some serious documentaries like some ken burns stuff he's been in several of those just very good uh there is one little little standout that i'd like to cover it's uh and he's not famous to anybody else except for me but it's richard masseur he played like the kennel master mm-hmm. yeah he's he's in some stuff he's in some stuff but i know him from the two movies that my parents taped for my sister and I off of TV during the 1980s. The first one, it was a Disney at-home movie called uh, Mr. Boogity, where he plays the father. And it had a sequel the year later in 1970, which is far superior, called The Bride of Mr. Boogity, which also <laughs> stars Eugene Levy. <laughs> so... Okay. Well, on earth. But but it's every time I see him, I'm like, oh, it's the guy from Boogity. Uh, <laughs> it's Boogity, everyone. <laughs> yeah, he uh multiplicity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's just... Ernie Ernie Hudson almost got the role that Keith David did for Childs. He was he was considered for it. But yeah. Uh I'm I'm really glad that it went to Keith David because I mean it it literally got his career just skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. Skyrocketing uphill. Unfortunately for his broken hand, like days before shooting started, that's why his hand is constantly out of the shot. Mm. So they had this big, it wasn't even like a cast. It was like a wrap. And for the scenes where it was, you know, you couldn't get it out of the shot. They actually, they painted it, his skin tone. So if it had to be in the shot, at least it looked okay. But I mean, 
watching certain things like okay if you're more if you're more like understanding of like the original star trek series scotty who was a uh, a war veteran had like fingers gone so his constantly in the scenes you'll see him either like making a fist or his hand is like at his side or it's behind him at an angle so i mean it's not like the first time that like something iconic like this has been you know done quite well like if you if i hadn't had known that like i wouldn't have thought that could have been written the wiser. into it though i think pretty yeah easily. but at the why, same why time would he have a broken hand? Th- this movie didn't do things like that so the scene where the uh the one like doctor or biologist goes to examine the body that's on the table and it like opens up like a trap door and then like clamps and it, bite, it bites both of his arms off oh there That was a an actual double amputee mm-hmm. that they showed holding the stumps up, screaming with a mask on that looked like the actor. Because you're so dis- because you're distracted. so distracted that that you don't notice. But yeah. if you go back and look, you can tell something slightly off, but not terribly off. But it's just a little detail they put in as far as the spe- the practical special effects in this movie that you just don't really see a whole lot of anymore. Right. When that same actor, it's just the head. That was actually a headless horseman. He, <laughs> he cried out, said, hey, just use my head. And and <laughs> when the head comes off the body, oh and, it's, and it's like on like spider legs and like uh, that's my favorite yeah. like creature effect uh, in the movie when Kurt, it detaches and Kurt Russell's favorite line in the movie yep. is his colleague seeing the the uh, head on the, the not window um, windows. No, window? no, it was it wasn't windows. It was um, it was the pothead. Uh, what was his Palmer? Name? Palmer. Is it Palmer? I can't. I'm terrible with. Yeah, it's Palmer. Yeah. Yeah. Palmer seeing the head and going, You gotta be fucking kidding. And Kurt Russell, hands down, every single time he says that he laughs at that, each time, just like Carpenter says, The blood scene. The blood scene is the whole reason why I wanted to make this movie. But. But there's so many. All right, so like I get a giggle, like as as disturbing as the dog scene is. Mm. But like when it starts to like like squirt spray, I'm thinking it's got to be like maybe like a digestive enzyme or something. Or but like, it's sort of like, sort of like it fuck off. Them. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm just getting my little my crazy spaghetti's out right now. Um, but uh, yeah, just so grotesque. And then I still get laughs when. They're all strapped down. <laughs> and the one dude just starts like changing. <laughs> oh my God. I love that scene so much. <laughs> right there when, when, when he tests Keith's blood. And I think that may have been just one of the best little acting moments from him where he like gives that kind of like th- that breath of like, fuck, maybe I was, you know, he, cause even what he, I know, what I know, yeah, like, holy crap, am I like, and, and when it's that proof, he's like, okay, yeah, now, now we're cool. When you find the time, I'd rather not spend the rest of this winter tied to this fucking couch. Which also gives, oh, it gives me a little bit suspicion about Kurt Russell. Cause when Kurt Russell takes Wolford Brimley out to like the uh, equipment shed, to lock him in, he takes a swig out of the bottle of vodka that Wilford Brimley got trashed off of. So, like, that to me always was like, is Kurt Russell really okay? Are we going to talk about the alternative endings? Alternate so, endings? No? Carpenter 
Carpenter confirmed that, like, he never planned for Russell to end up being, you know, the alien. But that's why we have the ambiguous ending. But that's also why where you can, like, sit and say, like, it's microbial. And that's how it can, you know, the parasite can be infected and you can it can go right on through. So many things are there from like the food to swigging, you know, the to alcohol. Just the dog being able to wander to the, around like no, they're getting chased oh. down in a helicopter and they're fucking shooting at this thing. But they're like, let's just have let, we're fine having this dog that, that these people are trying to murder. But, but we're just, shot just ever have though. like have run of the mill, but like. The acting or the the commanding for the dog, like he's looking out the window oh, in some scenes. So or like good. He's the tapping around he's with all the other dogs, and he's just like laying down. And I was like, "Oh, what they the don't like fuck it." Is wrong Him staring with out you? the window is like daunting, or don't daunting. Yeah, it's daunting to where like you think like, "What the hell?" This dog has a secret. And then even when they bring in the split face from the Norwegian camp, and then he's just he's just standing there at the entrance, like, "Hmm, what do you what do you got there?" That looks like my left toe that grew into that. <laughs> but I mean, so it, the dog, focus on the dog. Notice how after the Norwegian dies, the dog calms down. What was the dog desperately trying to do? Escape. Escape. No, not even, not just escape. But when he makes it to the American crew, the first person he jumps on, he's desperately trying to lick. That's what, so I, I wonder that. That's why, I mean, the misdirection of, the kennel master not being infected honestly really got me because I thought, oh, for sure he's. How long have you been with that dog? And, oh, an hour. hour why are you looking at me? Why are you asking these questions? <laughs> 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 Very blade. This, I mean, this does have actually some pretty good similarities between that of like even ending wise. Like, is Harrison Ford a robot or not? Is Kurt Russell infected? But apparently, there's a couple of al- alternate endings and. I was curious on your guys' thoughts on, do you think that, so we have exhibit A, we have the first one that we had, like that we all watched where the child, ambiguous, yeah. you know, a child comes up and it's kind of like, yep, we're, why we- did you leave your post? Oh, I thought I saw someone running around. Yeah. <laughs> that That's all we got. There's another one where there's a dog that is like, is kind of like in the back. There's like a wolf in the background and it kind there, of, there's supposed to be a dog running away. Um, and it was supposed to go to, yeah, it was, a, it was a dog leaving after all the explosions. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. No dog can travel a thousand miles in the <laughs> cold and survive. <laughs> and then um, I believe there was one where Kurt Russell is, does get, like he escapes and he is like. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he does make it out. Or there's one where they're, and there's also one where him and Childs like survive basically until the day or whatever. And they're like arguing they're like gonna kill each other mm. and then the helicopter comes and they i guess go fuck if we are infected like we, we can't we can't risk the world and they blow themselves up with a piece of tnt mm. which speaking of tnt and flamethrowers <laughs> uh kurt russell was a little laissez-faire with like he's holding with his himself. left hand a bundle of dynamite while it's supporting in his right hand a flamethrower, yeah, and, and the, the, certain things got like the shooting of the Norwegians. Apparently, they're they're stormtroopers, not burning these things not to a fully, cinder, fully burning. Yeah, yeah. Or the hesitation was like, burn it, burn it. It happened twice. Once in the kennel, where 
fucking Keith David just stared at it like don't what the shoot. Fuck? And the other times when Windows uh, is asked to like step in because Kurt Russell's is malfunctioning while the whole tied yeah, together thing is going on, and he just gets shot. like his head bitten into and. I took- I did like that Venus flytrap kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but the special effects so it, it's so, so it's so good. so good. You have you have also the the stick of dynamite that Kurt Russell threw outside at the individual uh, who was infected. I forget which individual it was, but uh, the dynamite that he threw, he didn't realize it was gonna uh, explode that quickly. So him getting thrown against the wall is real. Him staring blankly like at the fire, going like, what? That, that's a real reaction. <laughs> right after he did a nice jaunty little roll yeah. to pull that off. <laughs> but it's interesting to look at also at the very ending with the vague, with the vagueness of like, is so-and-so an alien? Is so-and-so an alien? So the thought process is it's either Kurt or it's Keith. And people think that it's Keith for a bit because his clothes are different. I think you can argue the fact that he's been out in the snow, so they look different because they're like frosty. But also when he sits down, you can't really like see the breath come out of his mouth. But I think that's just because also he's in shadow. The other idea to say that he isn't is because you see his earring is still on his ear. I, I heard I saw but, that. Yeah. But the alien is also smart enough to like also have the memories of the person that they've infected and torn apart and become because well, to be human, to, well, I mean, to like, be human. So he could have picked up the earring and just you think that put, thing want to be an animal? <laughs> uh, hell, he like, could have picked it up and put it on. I mean, hell, Wolfer Brindley's character is building a freaking spaceship say, yeah, underneath like, the, the, the hut. So the other thing he's that, building like some fucking jalopy Rick yes. Sanchez. <laughs> yes. With like you some, know what? It even almost looks flashlights like flashlights duct taped on to Summer the <laughs> But it was the other thing where when he passes him the bottle of J&B to drink. Moments before, Russell had been throwing Molotov cocktails to blow up all the buildings. So now the thought process is that Childs is the alien and he's drinking the J&B, which is actually filled with gasoline and then when he just swigs it and goes, nah, and he calms down, the alien is not going to know. It's one of two thought processes there. The alien is either not going to know the difference between the taste of gasoline or J&B, or it has Which, not far off, folks, <laughs> not far off. Or it has or it has the memories that it will. Now, if it doesn't know the taste difference, that's Kurt Russell's laughter at the very end and chuckling to himself because he, he finally knows I really am alone. And if it actually is JMB and he's just passed it to him to drink, the other thought process and kind of like, you know, theories is that, well, he's already taken a swig somewhere sometime and that's his original bottle from earlier. Well, now Childs is infected. But like at the so if it comes down to so, OK, real quick, <laughs> we have all played. Uh, who goes who there? Goes there? Who goes there? Uh, nice little shout out to to that board game community. Um, great game, tons a, of fun. That's a fun three hours, and it doesn't even feel like it. Lots of fun, but there is a the the, the trust factor is is so real <laughs> in that. But it, in this movie, you really do feel uh, McCready's distrust to everyone because he's just like. 
No, fuck off. Like, and all Brimley, can... Wilford Brimley. Yeah. Uh, like, and he, he takes at least the most action to, like, keep the thing. No, we're not. Like, we're not leaving. This thing is not leaving. We will burn it all to the ground if there's yeah. no community. I mean, you already have. He's So he's a Vietnam helicopter pilot with PTSD, is an alcoholic. And is also an insomniac. With a really crazy good hat, but totally inappropriate for the climate. <laughs> it's always like, there's gold in them there hills. I'm Gus Chiggins. I mean, so I, far, I, child, I'm a light sleeper. I'd be more worried about the coyotes. <laughs> <laughs> Yosemite Sam hat. I, I don't understand where, where that came from. But that's not even like helicopter flying, you know, paraphernalia but i digress that's fine and also it is uh did you guys notice that uh donald uh moffat who played gary he was the uh the president in uh clear and present danger yes. you don't come in here i'm the president <laughs> of the united states mark at me like some junkyard dog <laughs> <laughs> but what a dead eye because apparently the norwegians can't hit shit but Gary can hit a running Norwegian With from like twenty hit. paces away. Well, Headshot. No, he, he did stop to take <laughs> like aim, breaking at the dog. out the window, Old West style. But he, but he stopped and he aimed and he hit him like right in the eye. The dead eye, right in the <laughs> eye. Which you know what? The man accidentally threw a grenade <laughs> and blew yeah. up his own helicopter. So I mean, what do you? And then what are you going to do? The, he was like jumping to like get it at like what? Do you not know how he grenade- wanted to try and grab the grenade and throw it away? Oh, uh, I was because like, because the grenade was going to blow up the helicopter, which had more grenades. It had 15 canisters of gasoline. Oh it was their only way also to get out. I mean, what <laughs> What do you want from it? Uh, any Norwegians listening to this podcast, like we know your country is rich and you've got socialized medicine and you've got your you got to be better shots than but, that. But, but the, the thing did not portray you, portray you at all in a good light. Well, and. The Norwegian at the beginning of the movie, when he's screaming at the guys, aiming the gun at the dog, the entire time in Norwegian, he's yelling like, that's not a dog. It's only a thing pretending to be a dog. Get away from it. That's not a dog. Oh. And if they had, if they had no Norwegian. And, and to be fair. They would also know the language of like other Arctic sites that are nearby just in case they need help. Well, except for the Americans, because they're, Americans are like, yeah, fuck off. We're speaking I was, English. I was like, just about there to say, is well, nothing like, else going on here. The Norwegians obviously failed. But we didn't do any fucking better. Like we, <laughs> we like literally it was a full party, you know, TPK. Like we're, we're done. Yeah. But, but the, uh, the sense of mystery and, and not being able to trust your fellow man, I think is what really brings this movie together because yes. aliens didn't have that. Either mm. you were fighting the aliens or the alien was coming for you. Or if you had one implanted in your chest, it's going to burst out, but it's not going to immediately just start killing everybody yeah. in yeah. the room. Uh, the, the paranoia is slightly different because I think in, I think now in the thing, the paranoia is who is it? And we need to survive in aliens. It's where is it? We need to survive. Yeah, uh, yeah. It gives it a little bit more of the Battlestar Galactica feel of like, ooh, <laughs> like, and I, I like that where you, you can be with someone that you've known for a long time, and whoa, you could be infected, almost like Cabin Fever, where like you had that, uh, you know, are you actually referring to the movie Cabin Fever? Yeah. Okay. Oh, and yeah, and I know they they talk about it in this, but. 
yeah, the movie Cabin Fever where it's like, shit, we don't know how who's infected until it's like too late. And oh God, that movie gives me just it when he, when he tries to fill up the girl in the bed and oh, he realizes and like, no, like no it's it's the it, when uh when she's shaving her legs and I'm just oh, like oh and she's no. crying at the whole time no, 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 no. <laughs> <sighs> uh, not a big horn but some of those are I'm like oh, but, well but, done but speaking to the the major you know qualifications for this film and also the stunning work with the special effects the original budget that they were given was $200,000, which is laughable. Okay. I mean, even in today's standards, that's Wait, laughable. How is the, that their uh, original budget when, no, when no. Halloween had 700,000? Okay. Hold on. $200,000. It was bumped up to, I want to say seven, no five. I think it was bumped up to five. It originally just topped out at the very end of filming $1.5 million for the special effects budget. That is 10% of the overall budget for the film. Yep. Well, so worth the, it, the, uh, of course it well, is. The outside scenes were shot, most of the outside scenes, or at least the camp scenes, were shot in British Columbia. And actually, some intrepid adventurers went back about 20 years ago, found the ruins of the, the mm -hmm. campsite because they shot the Norwegian campsite after they had already burned down their campsite. Well, the campsite. Norwegian campsite was the same set. Well, yeah, yeah, same set. But it was... it was To save money, right, yeah. Burned out. But he claimed the helicopter rotor as memorabilia and brought that back <laughs> with him. Hell yeah. So, I mean, you they, know, they links, links that people would go. They also uh, shot most of the interior scenes in a sound set, refrigerated 40-degree sound set, while it was 100 degrees outside. Mm -hmm. Uh, take and, that and, uh, and, uh, ozone <laughs> and kurt russell would often take a drag on a cigarette prior to speaking so his breath would look more <laughs> vaporous the 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 actual site set was built in summer so by the time that they were originally filming for it it would be covered in snow and you're right like yeah it was the original set they filmed the american version there they went back to the norwegians and that's where they you know got to blow it up and you know have it all destroyed and the special effects artist was 22 when he started working wow. for the thing. 22 years old. He worked seven days a week for a year. He eventually had to be hospitalized for walking pneumonia, a bleeding ulcer, and exhaustion. It, it's a job that literally nearly killed him. Because at the very end, where the giant creature... Which is like a face and, you know, like the dog comes the, the out dog of like a side compartment on the side like, of the face. It almost looks like the creature from Feast. It 50 people, 50 people are working at one time to manipulate this big ass puppet. Oh, you you want this uh, this 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 dynamite <laughs> charger? No, nope, we got that. You want these Molotov cocktails? We're going to take that, too. Yeah. Wow. Sometimes I feel like when you guys are, are spitting facts, I feel like Ted Lasso, just like, <laughs> oh, y'all over here just do it real good. I, I, really, I really enjoy everything you guys are saying. I love it. Your facts are so sharp, I could shave with them. <laughs> the, the scene where he's in the hall and um, the cook has wandered off because that's the smart thing to do. When he's looking down the way and he's lit the stick of dynamite, and this is before he does his like tumble and drop of the stick, the floorboards that are like ripping up as it's like coming towards him so underneath it almost is almost like tremors almost like we're like oh well oh, i got a case of the vapors <laughs> little tremors eight years before tremors quick valentine get out so there's a where's kevin bacon 
There's a secret. There's a safe. There's a track underneath the planks. And so when it actually is being pushed and driven towards him, there's a big steel ball. That's that is what's ripping and causing that effect for them to pop up and out. Drew, please tell me this is going to be a year from now. I'm well aware of this, (laughs) but please, God, tell me that a cold day in hell tremors six. Would that be it would be tremor six. Please tell me that it is not a ripoff of the thing. No. And they utilize. No. Okay. I'm, I'm surprised they haven't done that at I, this point. I don't I'm know su- how I'm they I'm surprised could. they haven't like the like the tremors, but like it's the thing. Tremors, Alaska. Oh, like oh. And, and the tremors can now like become, the lady takes off her coat and her arms with the tongues. <laughs> yeah, like they heat up. They heat up and they like burrow through the snow and the ice. Like you know them from the steam. There's no steam in the ice. <laughs> Reba. <laughs> uh, but um, this movie to me. Folks, if you haven't seen it, or if you have, it's something that I feel is best enjoyed during the winter, which is why I chose it to come out in February, and also something that needs to be watched after dark. Watching the thing at noon in the middle of summer just does not feel right. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the American uh, expedition that is still in Antarctica has a uh, an anniversary every year. I think it's on January 26th during their their midwinter feast. That sounds right. They watch uh, the thing and they they feast out. Uh, and that's the perfect time. That's the perfect time. But it's definitely like a great midnight movie after dark. Just like gives me it's, the thrills. Like, good. oh, I know it's coming. Oh, the dog's sitting down. When, All when, the other dogs don't like him. <laughs> when Blair is doing his calculations and his atari 2600 computer oh i love i love that i love the 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 computer animation that they did for that with like the little cells like it's good though and so i i kind of did the calculations myself and i've never done it before i just kind of looked at i'm like oh like two hundred and seventy thousand hours and i'm like that's just over three years it would take over the entire earth that's the calculation that it would take over in just over three years and Oh, there was something else. There was something else that I wanted to mention, but that was that was something that I thought was kind of neat. Just Kurt Russell playing trashing his uh, his bitch. which at that time that computer probably cost two thousand dollars, and it was John Carpenter's then wife who did the Adrian voice. Barbeau, who when he got married walked down the aisle to the theme of Ennio Morricone's Once Upon a Time in the West. Wow. But he just dumps his scotch into like the Which hard drive. Just ruins it. Just like, fuck you, bitch. There's no way to I don't understand. Like, that's ballsy because you don't have a lot, like, up there. A lot, yeah, a lot of resources. I mean, they got, the, they got the rec room, but. Yeah, but like, you know, that stuff isn't uh, getting turned over. So imagine <laughs> anyone else that's like, oh, I'm going to play some chess. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> well, no, that was in his little, his little, his little, his little shack. Which I like how he has like his own, yeah, his it's own his whole, shack. It's his like, whole fuck thing. you guys. Probably because no one wants to deal with his like PTS and whatnot. Like, and and he's he's also an insomniac, so he's probably up at all hours of the night. You know, drunk as a skunk. drinking J and B, yep. playing chess. So fun thing for the canon of the thing, which John Carpenter never in his wildest dreams ever thought that it was going to have this extended universe quality it was going to spawn comic books a prequel a prequel sequel and then 
I think it was a couple years later where a video game came out and it takes up two years after this movie and a Russian team comes, finds uh, McCready and Child's body and they also find the ship. And then the thing gets taken to Mexico. Well, of course. Why <laughs> wouldn't it be? Yeah, sure. they're, 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 Russians go to Mexico. Yeah. But that's in it. And someone out there can correct me if I'm wrong, but I know that that is, or at least that's what I believe that my research led me canon for the video game. And that uh, John Carpenter has confirmed like that is, huh. that is set canon. I, and this is one of the few times I would be okay with an actual sequel, like Global warming has melted the ice in the Arctic, and they find another we, ship. Another they station? send in a yes. specialist, and it's Kurt Russell with his hateful eight beard getting off. As like an as a whole different character, or do you think? Oh, like, as McCready. As McCready? Oh yeah. no, so Kurt Russell's coming in as Santa Claus, and he's <laughs> Netflix special, and he's all like, "Who's coming to the pole?" His name's <laughs> Jack Burton, and he arrived on the Pork Chop Express. He's going to come up to like another like opening and he's going to see the ship and you're just going to hear him say, no, no. And, Listen here, Wayne. and when the thing looks you in the eye, and gives coming you, with you me. look right back and you say, give me your best shot. The thing, the checks in the mail. <laughs> but, you know, if Russell does get infected, they just need. Uh, the guy who played Wang to splash some dirty street water <laughs> yeah. on him. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 that's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. Oh. Segmentes. All right. Cabin Fever. Tell me about a few TV shows that you would bring with you to watch if you were in the Arctic. The internet does not exist, so no streaming. Uh, what shows make the cut? Though, you know, obviously contemporary shows would be fine, even though they came out in the internet age. Okay, so yeah, we, we are good to do... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like... I was so like, are we <laughs> are we limited to how many? You said name a few. Like, is a few like two, three, five? Let's say three, two, five. Three. Uh, five is a handful. Okay, so... A few, three or four. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, three or four. Three or four. How many did you come up with? Uh, twelve. No, I'm just kidding. Technically, <laughs> six. Well, let's pare it down. But no, no, and I'll pare it down. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I, I have, I haven't been categorized. I have it to laugh at, engaged, and enough to last. Which you know what? I'm already got the ball rolling. I'll get going with it. So um, go for it. Immediately, enough to last, because obviously we're going to be there for quite a while. I'm bringing the complete collection of The Simpsons because it's uh, it's timeless. <laughs> it's going to make you laugh. You have characters that you can bond with. It's it's fun. And who the hell would not get annoyed with someone running around quoting, you know, The Simpsons saying, eat my shorts or uh, you have to speak louder. I'm wearing a towel. Um, <laughs> uh, now, if I'm going to and you know what? The Simpsons can I'm also make me you laugh. didn't go uh, Law and Order. SVU or something. <laughs> Thirty-six seasons. That's not uplifting. Who wants to sit here and like in the like isolation and just sit there saying like, "Well, I guess I'm gonna be raped." Who's <laughs> watching all thirty-six seasons, Drew? I don't believe. <laughs> bum bum. God, that would keep you awake at night, wouldn't it? And okay, I will. I will forego 
my my laughter of of like Golden Girls or Will and Grace. I will. But in order that's, to that's counting as one, dr- you can't go. Okay, I'm gonna not. <laughs> Look, bring- I'm not gonna mention it, name but drop, I am gonna make sure I'm gonna <laughs> no, mention no. So, it. So this is what I'm gonna do. We have the Sim- <laughs> we have the Simpsons, and if I'm keeping it at three, I will then keep Next Generation and DS9. Okay. Uh, for me, it came down to The Office, just because hmm. it's it's enough like cringe humor, and this is not number one. <laughs> number one is honestly Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers, I've watched enough where I can quote it. I can, I, I mean, just think of it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's great. That's great. But I. What? Weapon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a case in your footlocker. <laughs> no, you don't. For Pete's sake. Yeah, I do. <laughs> and then, and Rick and Morty. I, Rick and Morty, and I'm hoping that some of the newer seasons coming out keep it going. But Family Guy for a long time was this show that I just like, I quoted. I thought it was hilarious. They could do like no wrong. And then something happened. And I don't know if it was because it just family guy kept going. Hmm. Same thing for me with the Simpsons. Yeah. I've been watching new Simpsons since like the mid two thousands. And, th- and that's fair. And that's fair. I think well, they, not, not to judge you. No, no, on no, that. And no. And I'm, I'm there with you. Like they just, they just keep going. And they're, they, I think it's almost to the case of family guy at a time where, they kept going, but more importantly, they kept trying too hard. Where, and I would probably sub out uh, the office. Some like uh, that's like borderline. Oh, uh, uh, no, the substitute. <laughs> yeah, 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 Drew got four. <laughs> I didn't get four. Was, oh, I said three. Golden Gr- uh, South Park, because South Park had, but like the problem with <laughs> the problem, the only problem with South Park is it's very, very topical. At, sure. the, well, at the time, like, you know, but well, no, still, and, that, and that's the same thing for the Simpsons, which I think is great that like, we're all, you know, we were thinking like two cartoons, the cartoons are just good. Just well, no. And that's, yeah. I think that's, what's great about it is that you're still laughing at it. It's still, you can see the process of animation being advanced and, you know, bettering itself. But also again, it's very topical. They have to stay topical. But I'm not bringing friends. I'm not bringing two guys, a girl and a pizza. No, I'm just kidding. So, I kind of cheated and I lumped. Oh, did you? See? Did oh, you know? oh. <laughs> I lumped all the Star Trek oh, series fuck right into. Yeah. That's, yeah. Why, that's exactly why I split it up. <laughs> if that's the case, I have one more. <laughs> I'd, I'd take all the Star Treks with me. I would take the uh, HBO's Rome. Disney Plus. No, HBO's. <laughs> no streaming. Yeah, HBO's Rome and The Sopranos, and then finally the uh, South Park because. It's on season 25 and I that's the only show that I've I'm still like I've seen every episode and I still You're excited. It come well it's new seasons out now and they've yeah. had like these specials that have come out. I'm still watching it and still enjoying it. Uh plus like early South Park is so like you know anal probes and it's... Cow's mom's a big fat bitch but it had a certain evolution to it hmm. and the, and the show also continues to evolve whereas the Simpsons really doesn't sure. or family guy really doesn't family guy did and t- when and when they got canceled i really think that they like found their stride and then just like that's just one note just ding 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 that's all they do now and i'm like for the longest time they did have that like stewie wants to kill his mom and you know like they were like this is what we're gonna be all about and then 
like most shows, they start going, you know what? We don't really have to kill Kenny every episode. You know, we, let's oh, we just kill him. Like, and then have him come back and that's it, it. It'll be fine. Yeah. Like, so I think shows that evolve like that, I, I, it's for the best. Yeah. Yeah. And the wire. And how sad is it that we are not taking Game of Thrones? Fuck you, D&D. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Game of Thrones would have been number one above anything and everything had they not shit the bed on season eight. I would have... Gonna fuck you, gonna fuck you, gonna fuck you, <laughs> gonna fuck you. Bend over, Nathan, and take unbelievable. it. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Is it? All these little Easter eggs are bullshit. <laughs> nothing matters. Nothing, nothing matters. matters. <laughs> nothing matters. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. I think, just, I think just to mess with everybody. Say one thing. Say one thing. Move on. To mess with everybody at the station, I, I, my last one, if I'm combining all Star Trek like Jack, I would bring Life Below Zero just to fuck with everybody going like, hey, guys, this is relatable. <laughs> <laughs> Except uh, we're gonna die quicker. <laughs> so uh next uh segment is uh who goes there. If you were assigned to this Arctic expedition, what would your role be? Pilot, cook, kennelmaster, what would your nickname at camp be? I would be doing uh communications, uh because I um uh, am a talker and You're fucking Windows? <laughs> <laughs> but my nickname would be Talkie. For like walkie talkie. Okay, because I'm constantly talking. That's fine. All right. Uh, I would. I would. It's say... more than fine, Drew. It's my name. I'm just kidding. Mm. I'm kidding. <laughs> you know what? I'd say I'd be the cook. I re- I really do. Uh, if if it's gonna be the cook, I would be called Delicious. And uh, if it wasn't the cook, let's just. I love animals. Let's go with the kennel master. And I I would just prefer to be called Doolittle. Mm. All I right. Like I would also take the cook. My nickname, my nickname <laughs> on camp would be Vittles. <laughs> and I would turn my uh, my galley or my kitchen into a death trap. Like, I'd rip out, like, the gas lines for the stove and, like, have, like, little flamethrowers set up and just, like, yeah, it's cold outside, but I'm right here sitting next to the open oven, keeping nice and warm and toasty. Heat up some hot pockets. I know that's not period specific, but uh, you know you get get my jive. I can I can totally picture Jack just home aloneing that shit. This is my kitchen. <laughs> I have to defend it. And he's like dong dong ding, and he's like MacGyvering shit. Have you had enough, or you're thirsty <laughs> for more? <laughs> this is it. Don't get scared now. <laughs> Just sitting there eating my Stouffer's mac and cheese while everyone else dies and gets converted around me. <laughs> I'm up here, you big horse's ass. Come get me. <laughs> All right. The old switcheroo. The doctor swaps his blood out with someone he knows is not infected to fool the group of untrusting colleagues. Have you ever put the old switcheroo on someone at work and gotten away with it? Did it ever come back to bite you in the ass? Yeah, you take this one. Uh, so at work, they're pretty pretty banal um you know when i was working at my last job we'd get a lot of delivery from like drug reps for lunch and there's a place in town sequoia sandwich shop Mm -hmm. so it would always be these little individual boxes with sandwich different kind of chips and a different kind of cookie so if i could get in there before the rest of the people i would open up other boxes and swap out the chips that i wanted and then swap out the cookie because the other cookie sucked and they had this <laughs> giant 
like confetti sugar cookie. Yes. That is just delicious. They're amazing. Uh, so if I could get away with it, I'd pull the old switcheroo and just like, you can have these plain chips. I'll take the, uh, the like the, the voodoo, the spicy voodoo chips. Good. Good and uh, you can have this oatmeal cookie. Uh, I'm going to take the, the sugar confetti one. When I was bartending, tons and tons of times when people were, were way over served, we'd just start, stop giving them, like, we'd give them straight up water. Or if they wanted, like, you know, a double of something. Or if, like, you know, a Cosmo, we'd give water instead of vodka. And usually they wouldn't really notice. Uh, non-work, and, the, and my final final input is uh, my, my darling, darling wife. Uh, mm. usually once or twice a month on a weekend when we are sans boys, like we'll just get some appetizers or like some frozen pizzas. Uh, and I, I don't like it when my wife cooks frozen pizzas because she's always talking about, is there enough color on the bottom? And it's like, babe, it's a frozen pizza. It's like Paul like, Hollywood, like soggy bottom. Like. Yeah, well, yeah, but but it's, but it's not a soggy bottom. Like, like you're not gonna get like like a brick oven brown crust on the bottom from like a fucking DiGiorno. Hand top, you're like, no, it's already pre-made. And, and if you want that that brown bottom crust, you're gonna char the top of the pizza. So I usually am, am the 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 master with the frozen pizzas. Like I will do it halfway, pull the pizza out, sprinkle a little extra mozzarella on okay. top, put it back in take it out and then we let it sit for five minutes and then when i cut the pizza i cut it first in half and then i cut one side that's like 40 60 and the other side is like the 60 40 mm -hmm. and i serve my wife the 40 side and i serve myself the 60 side and she has never ever noticed that my pizza slices are a little bit fuller and a little, little bit better covered. I'm like, that looks like an Anna piece right there. And, like, and then Lisa, I, I bring I it up. Like, and she wants, she wants a little Frank's Red Hot on top and she's like, just just give, give me like some splattered. I'm like, oh, I gotcha. I yeah. gotcha. I'll, I'll, yeah. Oh, here you go, honey. I will bring it over to you and I will retreat to my couch with my pizza. Is there any left? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I'll get you a couple <laughs> more slices <laughs> and 60-40. Oh. Oh. This I, might come back by me. Yeah. <laughs> when I was uh, in firefighting, there was a, an instance where I was in trouble for um, being loud during a deb debriefing. And I was sentenced to wash the squad bosses and the captain's bathroom, like clean up their, like their bathroom in their kind of break room. And I'm doing it. And I don't know if it was half not sure what to use and the other half going, yeah, I'm just going to use this because it's closest. But I took their dish brush and I cleaned the toilet with it. But, oh. <laughs> and, oh. And I, uh, I, I, ah. I, I set it back, and that's a shitty thing you did. Uh, <laughs> and I remember it, Aaron said, "Zimmerman, did you use this brush to clean the fucking toilet with?" I said, "Computer says no." <laughs> I said, "I think so." And he says, "This is this is our brush we use to clean. Like, what are you thinking? There's still shit on it." And I was like. <laughs> 
<laughs> there is. <laughs> so for the next hike, I got to carry nice both stinker. my saw and a jerry with five gallons of water in it. So so you you dug yourself deeper. Yes. Into Double that down. hole. Hit me. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, you're on four. I really suggest you. <laughs> Once you know the language, it all falls into place. I couldn't really think of a switcheroo. Honestly, that that kind of worked. Now, but then I no I, iocane powder. No, not really. I mean, like, okay. So I thought of something a little bit deeper. I do, I do vaguely remember, and I, I honestly can't remember if I dreamt it or if I did it. Uh, I I really hope I did it because this just seems funny in my mind. Tell me about your dreams, Drew. Tell me about your dreams. So I went to the copy room and I had, I was dropping off my copies. Now there's an order to the copies that they are done in. And this is years ago. And I saw that another teacher had laid their copies a little bit down the line. So I swapped the copies <laughs> and put mine further up the line and hers down the line. And <laughs> the teacher, though, had a list or the, the lady at the copy room. She had a list of like who was whose stuff was in order. So I, took, up. So I took the name tag off of her stuff. And I put it on mine. Ooh. And I took that name tag and put it on her stuff. You now, the your tracks. now the papers weren't designated as to like whose class they were going to. They were just like worksheets. So when I came back <laughs> to get copies, I just swapped it back. Well done. That was crafty. I thought for sure, like, as soon as you said like they had a list, <laughs> I'm like, oh. But it was it was a list that was like was going at in, that moment. That was going in order. Um, and that I mean, like, I, I remember that. And I, I want to say it's real. But part of it, like, it's so foggy that it, like, seems like a dream. Did you guys ever live in an apartment complex that had a shared laundry room? No. Uh, in college. Yeah. So my first one here uh, off California Avenue. The California. The Californians. It had a shared laundry, like, hut. And so I had to do some laundry. And I, I, I saw the time that was on the washer. And I set my alarm to it and I came back and all the dryers are either spinning except for one that has in the same state as when I put my laundry into wash. So this person has left their their clean laundry in the dryer and it's been done drying for at least 45 minutes to an hour. So it's like getting late. I need like scrubs to work where to work tomorrow. So I took that person's laundry out. Oh, no. Placed it nicely. I didn't fold anything. I didn't, like, throw it on the floor. Placed it nicely on, like, the folding table. Put my shit in. And then got chewed out by this mouthy lady. uh, (laughs) Because how dare I touch her laundry and her nether things. To which I I replied simply, like, you left your nether things sitting there way too long. Other people. (laughs) So she would give me the stank eye for the rest of the time I lived there, which arguably wasn't long. Thank God. I wish that you were Cody at that moment. Cause you could have said like, no, listen here, Dame. (laughs) You left it. You left it. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Did you touch my stuff? Sure. Sure. (laughs) If I had known you were a Dame, I wouldn't have done it. Uh, Oh, P.S. Uh, this episode of The Thing is brought to you by Sequoia Sandwich. <laughs> Sequoia Sandwich, please back us with any type of food. Your Cobb salad is amazing. and I'll take one of the Italianos or your, your Cajun turkey. Give me one of them cookies. I, I, I do enjoy the uh, the turkey avocado. No. Mm. Yes. Very California. Very California. And all the confetti sugar cookies Yes, that you have. Sequoia Sandwich. Get yours today. There we go. 
crunchy but chewy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what would we rate this film? The Thing. So from the previous time, and I had checked my letterbox, from the previous time that I had watched The Thing, I apparently had given it a four out of five. And I think from just rewatching it and learning a little bit more and also like listening to the commentary and just taking it all in once again, it's it's going to a five. It's going to a five out of five because I think this is damn nearly damn perfect. Honestly, it really is. And it's one it's one of the finer films that I think you can get out there and just stupidly appreciate the practical effects and, and and the atmosphere and the storytelling and fill in the gaps where you will, because that's what the paranoia and, and like who goes there is is dealing with it. So, yeah, five out of five. It's a it's a tiny, tiny bit long, but really? it it all feels like on the second watch, I was kind of like, yeah, like I, I know maybe because I watched it so kind of back to back close. Uh, but I would give this a nine out of ten. This movie, it, it punches in all the right spots. Punches above its weight for its time. Ding, mm. ding, ding. Yes. And really good acting. If anything, it could maybe just do with like one or two like bigger names. Even like maybe some like, if I had to like recast this, I think you could just have, like, have a field day with some like little cameo spots as like one of the Norwegians as, you know, someone interesting and fun it's called lutefisk <laughs> get down um but yeah i i like this movie a lot good choice so uh call back to wilford brimley uh diabetes <laughs> uh a normal uh hemoglobin a1c range is uh, about 5.7 percent uh i would i would go over that and give myself borderline diabetes <laughs> or pre-diabetes and i'd go 6.0 out of 5.7 uh i wham i'm always happy to happy to watch this movie if it is cold dark and maybe with a drink or two carpenter said that this was his personal favorite yes. correct yeah. and he was the most hurt with its reception sure yeah. of course i is. can i can see that like i mean <clears throat> feeling like that you knocked it out of the park which John Carpenter, guess what? You did. And then for everyone to be like, it's not that fucking good. I'd be like, really? It's something about those early John Carpenter movies. Like, I know one of us at some point is going to pull a genre that will allow us to do uh, They Live. And uh, God, God, I hope it's me because I will certainly pick it. Uh, But once he got into the 90s, it just got real weird and not quite as great. Oh, Drew. Oh, oh, oh. oh <laughs> great Poupon. Oh. <laughs> I just had an idea. That's but, uh, but but these from the, the 70s and the 80s are, are just pure perfection to me. And uh, taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3. Oh, mm. Well, I mean, besides this movie, no, no Patreon special, of course. No. no. No, if it, you guys can just assume if it's a genre that I picked and I've done the intro for that <laughs> the Patreon is now yes is now up to you guys. I pass the torch. But uh, people can get a hold of us. How, Drew? Oh, well, you know, guys, you can look up the Real Fist podcast on Facebook and Instagram. You can also check us out on Twitter. We are at Real Feels Pod. 
or you can send us an email at realfeelspodcast at gmail.com. Personally, we would love for you to hit us up with a review on Apple Podcast. Five stars. Landing gear. Landing gear. Came, and that was a Kurt Russell. And that was Kurt Russell. Executive oh. decision. All right. Kurt, um, we're not going to make it. Everything's coming. You are. Oh, Steven Seagal. It's uh, I'm <laughs> but hey, guys, you can always call the Tooch line as well. 661-376-0030. You know, personally, I would love to hear your best thing scream. <laughs> oh. I feel like you need to get like... Uh, like a bunch of like al dente spaghetti and glue it to like a little ruler or yardstick so you could swing it around because they all had the little flappy flanges that came out so you could oh, have, yeah. the, have yeah. the slapping the <laughs> <laughs> or you know what your own conclusion to the ambiguous ending let us know what do you think yeah uh, and last, last but not least, like the real, because we didn't talk about Bennings at all. But like when Bennings like looks up at the camera, and you just like he's just with his hands, he hasn't fully like finished, you know, transforming it's, yet. It's like that Foo Fighters music video, like <laughs> the hands just come up. But like it's it's almost like the creature knows that it like got figured out, and so it it doesn't even like try and be like guys, guys, like you know initiate kill metamorphosis it just it just starts you know doing its wail well because that's what that's what mccready even said like it's just trying to survive that's all it's trying to do it's i don't think it's intentionally trying to be malicious it's trying to survive because i mean when it suddenly gets here and it doesn't you know do things that you want it to do What's the first thing you try to do? You shoot it with a gun. What's the next thing you try to do? You set that shit on fire. Have we watched the movie Life with Ryan Reynolds? I have. And Jake Gyllenhaal? Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal? It's not coming to mind. Worth a watch. Okay. It's Up uh, in a space station, they find a unique, different life form. And uh, it kind of goes downhill from there. Does it have a cantankerous Russian in it that goes, this is how you fix <laughs> Russian space station? I honestly want to say there is a Russian in <laughs> in the crew. Yeah, there might be. I think there is. A Jew American, you know, a bunch of cowboys. This is how we fix things in Russia. <laughs> uh, well, everyone, uh, thank you for joining us for, uh, what episode is this? One This is 106. 106, the... Uh, the first non-Tremors episode of season five, <laughs> The Order of the Fields. Mm. And uh, we look to bringing you much, much more in the future. And I've got uh, the next week I am doing Angels. Angels. Oh, angels. <laughs> Andrew? Uh, after that, it's either going to be alternate dimension and timeline or mummy slash egyptian mm, all right well we'll I'll, i'm not sure what i'm doing next so we'll mm -hmm. figure it out and we'll get back to you guys but anyway uh this has been the uh the realist and the feelist <laughs> cheating bitch <laughs> <laughs>